I'm ready to go when you guys are. <clears throat> yeah, you just let me know when you're done doing whatever it is the fuck you're doing. Okay. And we can maybe get underway. Welcome back to the Exercast, the Outcast After Show show. I'm your host, Father Daniel. With me, my co-host, Father Nathan. Hi, everybody. And standing just behind Father Nathan, gripping onto the back of his of his waistband, is, of course, the altar boy. Don't touch me. Fathers. Touch me. You like it that way, don't you? I like when you say fathers. That's something we should think about continuing after the end of this podcast. <laughs> Um, Nathan, what is the title of tonight's Season 1, Episode 9's shocking episode? Tonight's episode is appropriately titled, Close to Home. (sighs) Now, Nathan, you were expressing a little bland response to tonight's episode. No. What happened, Father Daniel, uh, and this is for the altar boys... Let me be clear, Father Nathan... (laughs) No, let me be clear with you, uh, Father Daniel. Okay, well, just right after your, your turn, I'm going my, my turn next, Father Nathan. Thank you. <laughs> Alter boy, what happened was I said to Father Daniel, um, well, he said to me, have you seen the episode? And I said, yes. And he said, crazy. Oh, my God. He got all childishly excited. And I said, yes, it was all, it, it was all kind of disappointing until she got in the shower. Yeah, and for like and a split second, I thought she meant because it showed her boobs. No. No, it was because... <laughs> Only the... for a split second? That's all I thought about right now. Well, <laughs> Alter Boy, wouldn't you say that the majority of this episode leading up to that cray-cray final part was somewhat average? Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I've been enjoying this show for longer than probably both of you guys. Yeah, I've sort of only... I just, I just let it happen. It washed over me. I, I enjoyed it. I've only sort of recently been getting really into this show just because it started to go directions that I want or that I'm interested in. Most, mostly because, and we need to address this probably here and now, is that because of the... um, What's the right word? Satisfying uh, unpredictability of this show, some of our predictions have been quite embarrassing in retrospect. Like what? Well, first of all, we've been on track with the demons, and we went off track with the demons. Maybe now we're back on track with the demons. It's you're hard. looking at this all wrong. It's hard to say. Father Daniel, you're looking at this all wrong. Well, show me the light, Father Nathan. I will show you the light. Picture yourself as a huge Kirkman fan, so much so that you have read his not his his graphic novels, and you are an Outcast fan, and you've read all of the Outcast comic books. Uh, wouldn't it be more amusing to listen to a bunch of jackasses make predictions that are wildly off? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Thank you. We're we're on 
We're both on the same page, Father Nathan. I think we need to be let we need to let loose. We need to take some risks and we need to make some really like cloud atlas type predictions about what's gonna happen in this show in the future because it is already <laughs> proving to take some crazy twists and turns on its own. I wanna get into it. I wanna get into the meat. How do we okay. begin this? Well, before we begin, we also have to call out the altar boy then, because if we're going to talk predictions, we have to talk about the fact that he never makes any and that he's a pussy. Hmm. And that he's typing? What are you talking about? Is he, is he typing again? <laughs> no, did you hear him sit up in his chair because he goes caught red-handed? <laughs> hey, what are you talking uh, about? Uh, I was doing research for tonight's episode on the, uh, on the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I got to get caught up. I'm behind as always. You think I trust you in that safe, safe box by yourself? I have eyes everywhere. I have little children passing me whispers. Okay. Wrong TV show. <laughs> okay, well, in this TV show, we have opening on Megan, which was disappointing to me because at, at the time I was still in I don't care about the Holter's storyline mode. And either and do they. Yeah, that's that's what the thing is here is that you guys can say you enjoyed this episode thoroughly if you want to, but the Holter's storyline was probably on the bottom rung for all of us. And if you don't if you say that's not true, then I'm going to call you a goddamn liar. Oh, it's it's absolutely on the bottom rung. That's the side story that just kind of keeps a handful of characters in play. But why aren't you you guys should be really excited about this glass situation? I feel like she's she's out in the woods at the very beginning of the show just playing around with glass. Did was there a part of me that was like, "Okay, here we go with the really? glass." Yeah, the glass again. We're going to find something out about the glass. Yeah, yeah it was It was a nice foreshadowing now that we get to look back at the beginning from the end, but it was also just a nice little horror show moment. She's doing that because she's so stressed out, she has no other way to relieve herself, so she does what any teenage girl would do, which is cut themselves. Let the pain out. Elaborately, with going to a store to buy glass, breaking the glass, putting it into some sort of container, and taking it out with into the middle of the woods so that she can quietly cut herself, because she's had a history of cutting herself, apparently. Yeah, and also, Amanda and I were discussing this the other day. Because it's a pet peeve that happens in all TV shows and movies. And this one's guilty of it right here in this moment. Which is that when you have to cut yourself, you know, for like a blood ritual or a blood brother situation. Or just cut yourself to relieve some pain. Why always the inside of the hand? That is the worst place to cut yourself. It takes so long to heal and use your hands for everything. Why not the outside of your arm or the outside of your thigh? No. The side of your calf. It's like... uh... It's like what um, the priests do they for God when they, you know, whip themselves. you got to have a constant reminder. Yeah, so if you do it in your hand, then every single time you pick something up, you're going to remember that you did it. What is he talking about? Yeah, but even those crazy guys that flog themselves, they don't flog their hands or, like, beat their feet so they can't walk. They hit themselves in the back where it's, like, out of view and will, does, like, the least amount of uh, damage to their mobility. No, I'll tell you why they do it there. It's a production thing. It's easier to squeeze blood out of a closed hand than it is to create the wound with prosthetics and make blood seeping out of it. It's easier to just, like, 
may show the action of slicing the inside of your hand and then have a bunch of blood drain out from inside. All she's doing is holding a little blood package in there, right? Yeah, and, they, and there's a lot of blood that pours out of that hand, too. Yeah, but it's all, I mean, it's it's about functional. It's about money and, and just a cheap way to produce the effect, right? So you're saying that Outcast is being cheap? No, I'm saying that if that's a pet peeve in shows, that's because it's it's the easy go-to to create the effect of... Yeah, cutting self. Yeah, you just pull the having... knife through while you're holding a blood packet, and it's all done. Yeah, if okay. if you make a scar on the outside of your arm, then you have to put that prosthetic on there and dress it up and make it bleed, and then you have to have continuity, and you have to put it back there if you're taking it off and putting no, it you, back on. Yeah, every but you day. just bandage that shit up. But we're not here to discuss practical effects. Well, whatever. The bandaging thing works on the hand too. What's but after we are this? We're talking about practical effects now. You've got me on this conversation. You should be in on my side in this conversation. You just want to argue. What's up your butt tonight, Nathan? <laughs> um, okay, well, it's it's like my pet peeve where people who spill things or make messes in movies don't give a shit that they've just made a mess all over things. Yeah, they don't have time to clean it up. They leave doors wide open. They leave wine stains on couches. It just fucking irritates me. Nathan, all people right. are too busy to clean... <laughs> Yeah, do we get to get to There's the reference? There's more important things happening, usually. Okay, what's happening, Alter Boy? Tell us what's happening now. Uh, well, the, the intro credits are happening right now. <laughs> okay, outstanding. Um... <laughs> what happens after the intro? Oh, the uh, fire chief and his wife are, are leaving town. They're yeah. packing up and getting out. Yeah, they're leaving town. What They've happened? They've been told by Chief Giles. Yeah, Chief Giles comes rolling in, and the fire chief is packing up into, in a U-Haul with his wife, with his demon-infested, with his voluntarily demon-infested wife. And he, they mean it, we're, we're let in on the fact that they've been as, asked to move out of town. If they want to have their weird demon lifestyle, they got to go. And the sheriff, or the Chief Giles, set that up. And does anybody else think that Chief Giles is just like, he's way in on the Reverend Kyle Barnes side of things, which yeah, I... Yeah, for, for without, someone who didn't seem that way at the it, beginning. He yeah. thought they were crazy at the beginning. Or hasn't really had that much direct evidence. Like, a lot of people have been telling him that there are demons inside, but he hasn't seen the, like, goopy, goopy evidence of it. He's just relying on people's hearsay. Well, this is what he's doing for his friend, who's been very close to him. He knows both of these people, and they're very close to him. We have yet to see what he's going to do or how Giles is going to act. Because Giles knows that there's more of them. He knows that. He doesn't know who they are yet. But once he finds out, what's he going to do there? He's not offering them a free pass out of town. He's going to do something else. He's been he's been bending the rules going on two, two and a half episodes. Yeah, or his entire career. Possibly. Yeah, I think his entire career. Do we get to follow them all the way to the gas station? No. Where do we go next? Um, Kyle is telling his daughter that everything's going to be okay, but to wait outside his sister's house. Oh, yeah. Kyle's got to go talk with his sis. And she wants to get his daughter into school so she can have a normal life. And we get our first little taste of something not being right, other than the fact that she's cutting herself. But we could have just explained that as way as, as being stressful. But she now she's also not feeling well and just sort of bumming around the house and taking a day off when she's obviously the kind of person that's go, 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 go. Wait a minute. She just 
bribed some former rapist with their all all of their money. Her husband has lost his job. She's usually go, go, go. Yeah. Now she's depressed and sad and stressed and reverting back to what we learn in this scene is an old habit. So this is not the demon encroaching on her. This is just her stressed and depressed and reverting to an old habit where she used to cut herself. That's all that's happening so far. Don't jump to the shower right away. No, I'm not jumping to the shower. I'm saying that cutting herself, that will always take place. But then also taking a day off, like the cutting herself is to avoid having to take a day off. Okay. See, she's starting to double up now. Okay. Oh, prediction. Entities seek out and take advantage of depressed people. Absolutely. That's almost... Wouldn't you, if you were a demon? Well, when, doesn't that make them more vulnerable or weaker if they're depressed and sad and not confident and defiant? No, I disagree. No, they're detached. I or... think that makes logical sense if they're just feeling low and you know not, not willing to put up much of a fight. Those are the ones that are easiest to take control of. Isn't she the easiest one to take control of because he's the light and she's standing right next to him? Yeah, I think that's, all the time. That's what brought them to the general area, to the town. That's why they're floating around here looking in this direction because of him. Not That isn't why they're choosing specific people. Yeah, He's but they don't get to choose. Books. What do you mean they don't get to choose? We found that out. They yeah. don't get to choose. It's, it's they don't random. choose their bodies. Who said that? Sydney. Uh, a couple of times, yeah. Um, Nathan, Father Nathan, think of it like... A couple like, of times. <laughs> yeah. It did happen a couple of times. Think of it like a... He's sucking with Mildred. Well, there goes my prediction. Yeah, because he's not only is he like the match in the woods, he's also like an RPG character that has an area of effect spell. And when you hold the button down, it like makes a circle go out from their body and everything within that highlighted circle gets affected by the spell. He's like that. So not only does he draw them to the woods, there's also like an increase in the random ratio of the people that are around him that they will become possessed so he uh, he literally when he's talking to the reverend later about how the reverend fully admits that he's jealous finally admits it that he's jealous of uh kyle he says it's a burden and a terrible curse because everyone around me is constantly possessed and i have to pull goop out of them all the time that is not what he says <laughs> not say he has to pull goop out of anyone well you know get he has to like the help them <laughs> get off the goop will ya? I All can't. Right. It's long documented my love for Goop. Take us out to the woods to rever to the Reverend's house that we didn't know existed. I'm assuming what? this is the Reverend's house. He's the Reverend is talking with uh Patricia. Yeah, and she asked him to move in. Yeah, but they're standing in front of a house in the woods. No, that's her house. She has two houses? No, I just think that's her house. She's oh. the, she just has a shitty house. That is not her house. Like, isn't that's that the shack house. they burnt down? Maybe it is his hidden shack. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know he had a Where house. I thought he'd been living go? in the he's church. Gotta, he's got to find some place to sleep. But she does ask him to move in, like, right away. Yeah. For some normalcy. That doesn't last very long. For some normalcy. This is a man who was raving in the street with a pentagram bleeding from his chest, and she wants him to move in for some normalcy when he cannot avoid having a physical confrontation with anyone that he meets. <laughs> 
this relationship is so Cinemax. Yeah, and they need to amp it up. She needs to be like die hard his queen. You know, like she's she's already pussing out. She's half in, half out. I don't like that at all. She needs to be die hard. So flip flop. In, out, in, out. No pun intended. <laughs> no, she needs to be like nun, like a nun habit on with huge tits, like ready to go, like a little pentagram that she carved into her thigh that's visible through the slit in her. <laughs> in her... <laughs> we need a cleansing right now. That was disgusting. Okay, let's talk about the deal. Let's talk about the deal between Kyle and Amber. Alter boy, what is promised? What promises are made? Um, he's gonna make everything better if uh, she tries to have fun at school. And uh, not and better. People. No, not 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 correct. Father Daniel, what promises are made? That he will never lie to her about her mother or anything. Oh yeah. Ever again? You can't make that kind of promise as a parent. Yeah, you can. Just be brutally honest with your children. You should, but like, that's intense. I mean it. I mean it. Emily, no one can ever hurt us again. You're lying. Why do you say that? Because that's what grown-ups do. Look, if you promise you make a good go of it at this school, I promise I won't lie to you about mommy or anything else ever. That's the honest truth. That's the honest truth. You heard him. So that's it. She catches him jerking off watching porn. That is a long night. <laughs> wow. Wow. In that okay, porn, of course, to, uh, a the... stolen treasure trove of the Reverend's uh, failed exorcism tapes. Uh, let's, speaking of the Reverend, let's move to the Reverend accosting one of the members of his congregation uh, in the parking lot, the grocery store parking lot. Which actually looks more like a broken down warehouse if you look at it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so, he's such a creeper at this point. He's like the town outcast and every time someone's loading groceries, they got to be sweating it, pushing their cart back to their trunk. And then all of a sudden he just pops out from behind their fender like, hey, can you do me a favor? <laughs> <laughs> There's Reverend Anderson creeping around in the parking lot again. Somebody called Giles. Oh, he doesn't, not going to do anything. Ah, oh, shit. What do you need? <laughs> I need you to spread my message. They just they look outside the window. He's walking around, pus, pushing his chest out of his shirt, yeah. showing it to random people in the parking lot. Ducking behind cars, but not all the way. You can still see the hump of his like sweaty shirt. You're not fooling anybody, Reverend. <laughs> and then we got Cat, uh, and uh, what is his name? Somebody tell me his name. Uh, Fire Chief. Ugh. Oh man, I don't know. I just saw him. He oh, he's in Stranger Things. <laughs> he popped up in there. I was like, "Hey, it's Fire Chief." Yeah, I saw him too. Ogden is his name. Ogden and Cat are filling up their gas tank. See, this is what I mean by this part of this episode is kind of feels kind of slow moving. Yeah, we're build, we're builds. building up at some things. Yeah, yeah, and they get to uh, to the gas station. Cat has to go. To the bathroom where she gets a creepy confrontation with Sydney and uh, is given a new mission that we don't really know what it is, do we? No, not, it... not at that point. And can I just say that 
this show is kind of flip-floppy a little bit because last episode I'm like, what does it all mean? Are they demons? Are they evil? I don't know anymore. And this episode I'm like, oh yeah, no, they're fucking evil. They're absolutely evil. And they could be demons. That's, I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah, we're going back and we're going back and forth, and I I kind of appreciate it because it keeps me on my toes. But then I'm also, anytime it leans back towards demons, I'm like, no, 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 that's been done. Let's go, let's go back wherever the other place you were going, and hopefully that's still the case. I mean, we they do let on that they're pretty sinister, these hosts or these invader intruder people, but we don't know Oops. if they're demons. Was the last episode just to manipulate us and make us feel sympathy for Sydney's character and lower our guard? Like, that's... I don't yeah, know. that's probably exactly what it was for. But it's too divisive, then. It's too fourth wall if it's trying to manipulate its audience. That's like a twist at the end of a movie that has no basis. That's like a now-you-see-me move. No, it's like... Uh, I don't know about that. They're probably going to take many moments like this throughout the course of the show to stop and remind you that people that you've been watching be evil for a long time are still humans struggling to regain control of their bodies. Okay, fair enough. We'll go on that ride. That's fine. Let's talk about uh, Kyle and uh, Mark being buddies and going and breaking into houses together. I know. Does that mean that Mark knows now that he's not a crazy, abusive husband and that his wife is just a psycho? I think so. Yeah. I think that's kind of been communicated here in one way or another. I know, but I wanted more. I wanted that, like, I'm really sorry for hating your fucking guts for two years or however long it's been. It comes through a little bit in his support of Kyle. And uh, I think he says something to him in the upstairs bedroom that kind of implies that he understands that Kyle's been through a lot and it was unfair. And only now does he really reciprocate because he's going through his own problems. Yes, and he was also like, I won't tell if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, bonding. Intermission to that that's going on. We have the Reverend walking in. After accosting that lady in the parking lot, he, <laughs> he learns that they're having a meeting about his replacement at a certain time. So he goes to the church to confront them all. And makes it worse. Yeah, that he- yeah. He just can't control himself. Like he sees, he sees Sydney, and it's like what used to happen to me when people stole movies from the video store I worked at. <laughs> just see red and chase them. Yeah, he did. He chased just them. Like <laughs> good attack, fucking thieves. Yeah, I was like, Andrew, it's the company's stuff. You don't need to do that. It's like, yeah. but it's movie stuff. It's the principal. How are the actors going to make the money to pay for all this if uh, if people don't pay for it? Fucking the system. (laughs) You guys want to listen in on the the confrontation that the Reverend has at the... Yes, I love love watching the Reverend fuck everything up. All right. All right. I implore you to believe that my actions are in your best interest and that of this entire community. The way they always have been, the way they always will be. John, John, you should leave now. Yes, Reverend, you really should go. The hell is he doing here? Do you have any idea what you have done inviting the devil into God's house? Oh, no. Sidney has come to make a donation. His decision to forgive your insults should be a lesson in kindness and charity. 
How can you be so blind? This man is pretending to be one of us, but he is not. Jonathan, he is not one of us. That is enough out of you. I will not allow you to poison any more souls with your hatred and bile. I think you have the wrong impression of me, Reverend. <laughs> Some kind of monster. What are you? Well, just a man. Trying to live as, as righteous a life as I can. Now, I'm sorry if that offends you, but maybe you're the one who needs to be reminded what it means to be a, a good Christian. Uh, that's a good a new good clip it sounds uh, sounded almost as good as uh, nicholas cage yeah that's a great one yeah christian he just jason borns him (laughs) (laughs) oh man we should uh, we should cut some thump a thump music in there after that punch (laughs) and there's it's it's great the whole the way that i love everyone that's chewing scenery in the room while the reverend is having this confrontation with Sydney, and Sydney's doing a good job too. That's a great line that he has. He's like, "I'm just trying to live as self righteous a life as I can." <laughs> he just nails I love her. She's she's getting wet for Sydney. She's on his she's on his train. Uh huh. He made a huge donation <laughs> in your triangle, maybe mm, in the devil's triangle, and Boom. the mayor is just like. He's constantly like rubbing his head and looking at the reverend, like trying to give him a chance, but being like, just shut the fuck up. That's what he's saying with his eyes the whole time. Everyone's doing a great job in this scene. Let's uh, let's see what happens outside. As we forego all the usual legal formalities. Why would we do that? That man there, I've known for the better part of 20 years. But you... You, I don't know from Adam. Now, I warned you once about messing with my friends. Don't make me show you just how little patience I really have. I want to press charges. Oh, God. I want to... <laughs> it's okay, Chief. You get me out of here. <laughs> I want to press charges. You missed... Uh... The Reverend's best line in the whole episode. What does he say? When uh, Chief Charles is like, "Why did you do it then?" And he's like, "It's not every day you get to punch the devil in the face." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it <laughs> that, is a great that, line. That doesn't happen yet. It happens uh, when he lets him go at the station, doesn't it? Oh, uh, I thought it happened when he was sitting on the. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was as he was walking out. But yeah, that is a great line. It's not every day you get to punch the devil in the face. Mm. You should have just it like, is a good. It is a good line. You're right. Should have lit up a smoke. The point of this is that Sydney's trying to make good on his relationship with Aaron, getting rid of the Reverend. Right. And they kind of tag team the Reverend in this episode to get rid of him, out of Aaron's life anyway. Yeah, they, they use take it. Take away his job and replace him with Sydney. Is is Sydney taking over the church? Oh, that would be glorious if that actually happened. Yeah, kind of. Or, or, yes. <laughs> and him and the kid are definitely ganging up on the Reverend this episode. But really, what does it take to gang up on the Reverend? You just gotta hop in front of him and just call him a pussy that couldn't exercise shit. And he'll just deck you. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, like, 
just ready to burst at, at any given moment. And he cannot control himself. And, and even after it's done, he's apologetic and he looks like he has remorse about it. But really, he feels fully justified inside most of the time as he's sitting there smoking his cigarette. And that's why he's great. And that's why I love him. And now we're back to Kyle and Mark wandering inside of his house in town, I guess. This is the house he has in town. And he's in not his mother's house where he's living. I, everybody has houses all over the place. I don't get it. It's a small town. When someone dies, you just like absorb it and then also get your own house. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, um, I think he would have had this house with his wife for some time. And why not just instead of breaking into his wife's house and getting like a, a backpack full of fucking clothes for his daughter, why doesn't he just move into his house? I'm sure it's As actually a, his house. Order. Yeah, but we can all look the other way, right? There's a Sydney killed a man and then just absorbed his house. I'm sure he, I'm sure Kyle can go back to the house he used to live in. <laughs> yeah, Norville. Norville. <laughs> Yeah, nobody really knew Norville, though, and Sidney claims to have known Norville, so he acted very confident that he was there to tie up his affairs. Um, so, yeah, Kyle's wandering around the house. He's tripping out. He looks in the closet. He sees the drawing that his, his daughter made on the inside of the closet. Um, now, wait, wait. Mark, what? Mark gets a call, and he has to go. Wait, was someone there, though? Like, he was someone in the house, or was it just that the open window was making things in the room make noise? Just the open window is making things make noise. They don't really push any sort of suspicion on someone actually being there. Because I kind of felt it. For a second, I thought we were going to see like a thick leg going out the window of the fire chief's wife. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. If I, if I had to say if there was or was not, I would say there was not. What do you think, Alter Boy? Is there someone in the house? Uh, no, I don't think there was anyone in the house. There, two to one. You suck, Father Daniel. Um... <laughs> And then he, uh, Kyle leaves and is confronted by, um, by Allison's mother, who, although she's aware of where Allison is, and also aware that Allison went back to him and took their daughter back to him to live with him, she's threatening to call the police over the restraining order. Like, what is your fucking problem? Yeah, she doesn't, well, she doesn't know what to do. Go ahead, Alderboy. She hates him. He ruined her daughter. I guess. And now she thinks he's ruining her again. First by abusing her, and then two by making her like think it was her that did it. So she she may think that he's like a physically and psychologically abusing her. She, he could still be a monster to that character. But he calms her down. Finds out that she's at some in at some asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's put herself away. She's put herself away, just given up. That's not mm-hmm. a very good mother. And there's that number on the house again. 1196. 11196. One, one, what? <laughs> <laughs> the, the address of their house, it means something, I swear to God. Why does it mean something? Does it burn into your brain? Yeah, I don't know. They keep <clears throat> featuring it. They keep focus. They pull focus on it. 1196. One, what does it mean? When you close your eyes, Nathan, mean- what do you think it means? I looked it up on the internet. It means nothing. It's got to be like her, I don't know, maybe it's her patient number in the mental hospital. I don't know. <clears throat> Try looking up 11 colon 96. Okay. <laughs> and then then convert 1196 into old, like, Hebraic math. You, if you line it up right, you should see something. 
It's bullshit. Look at her. All right, what's next, Alter Boy? Uh, is the oh he goes to see his wife? Isn't that what happens next? Does he go straight there? And delivers a powerful little speech to that front desk lady about why he needs to get back there. Because he's been doing... Honestly, Kyle, since the beginning of this show, has been having the conversation he has with her with every single person that he meets. He's like, I know, I know, you think I'm a crazy, violent, abusive man. I just need you to curry me this favor this one time. And this is the only time I'll last this of you. And he's been doing that since episode one. Except I feel like this one... That he gives to this lady, he finally just nails it. He's like, she's gonna fucking die if you don't Before break the goes, rules now. We're, we're, we're jumping ahead. Before it goes there, and we'll come back to that, um, it, it has uh, the Reverend dropping off, being dropped off in front of the police station, getting uh, his handcuffs undone and saying, get out of here. I'm not actually arresting you, which is not shocking. It's not a surprise. Yeah, he's like totally on his side, though. He goes, no matter what weird shit you get into, you call me to back you up. Like, he is ready to go, and he gives it to him with that that raspy voice that he has. It sounds like his throat is racing to close before he finishes the sentence. We're in this together. Whatever it is, we're going to take him down. And then it goes to Cat uh, and uh, Fire Chief Man, Ogden. In the basement of a mannequin factory. Yes, or like some sort of retail... D- department sure. store or something yeah we don't really know what it is it's a, it's a space it's a it's yeah it's either a retail space warehouse space there's a bunch of mannequins everywhere and they're talking all serious like like what are they implying here that that um you know out in the forest was one thing with the camper that was one thing well the it's camper like was big enough for just one and this warehouse is big enough for plenty yes they are upping yeah, the like, scale of their operation Upping the scale of their operation, which is to allow newly um, possessed people a place to foundate their, you know, get, get their feet uh, planted, right? Yes. Well, so they don't kill everyone <laughs> right. in the first yeah, few seconds. They got it or the first yeah. couple days. That's a problem, yeah. Yeah, and... I think as they're groping, groping toward uh, the match in the darkness, I I predict that they have like a faucet that is being just barely released to drip drop these bodies across dimensions or from hell or whatever is happening into the bodies in this small town. And now that they have this larger space to up the scale of their operation in, and now that this uh, fire chief's wife has been put, has been put in charge of this. Uh, uh, mission, I feel like they're going to release some pressure on the valve and let a whole bunch more slip through a lot quicker. Ooh, you're prediction. Talking about oh, I already, I, already, I already set the prediction music. Oh, for prediction. Yeah. For me. Oh, for you. On episode three of season two, the whole town will be taken over. Ooh. Every single person but Kyle. Put in the... Even Giles? Huh? Giles? Yeah. Everyone. Every single person. The town of Rome. So you, Okay, so this is... No, this is good. Write it down in the book because this is... Uh, you put a deadline on this and everything. Episode three? Yep. Okay. All right. 
because that's that's what essentially we're we're in the same like line of train cars here with our prediction, which is that the season finale reveal will probably be that they're gonna like start letting a whole lot more souls slip through, and then the premiere Gee. of season two is gonna be them dealing with the ramifications of that by season by episode three full takeover. Would you like to know what eleven ninety six of the Quran says? What? And we did certainly send Moses with our signs and a clear authority. Ooh, spooky. Do you think Sydney's Moses? I think that it could be a reference to, you know, a flood of of people coming in from somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, and we send Moses with authority, Sydney to track and split the sea apart. <laughs> all right okay let's talk about mark holter megan holter uh being pregnant and that being okay and looking to the future and being happy and getting a job as a security guard and everything's gonna work out it's a sign it's a sign it's a sign from god that we were supposed to do this i love how they just really just like uh, push as much innocent frosting on this situation as they can (laughs) And it's one of nice. Well, it's it's one of two nice moments. The moment that her and her husband have in the bathroom about the baby is a nice, dramatically acted moment, and so is the moment between Kyle and his wife in the asylum. I thought both those were really well done. When I yeah, usually don't pay happening parallel to each other right now. Yeah, we just uh, we just finished the scene in the bathroom, and now we're we're cutting to Kyle and that uh, conversation you were talking about earlier, where he he pushes his way through. And actually, let's let's listen to him convince this lady because it is a. A great line. Can I help you? Uh, I need to see a patient, Allison Barnes. We have a strict no visitor policy. Ma'am, I broke into my own house today, convinced I was going to find the love of my life hanging from a rope. And afraid of how I was going to explain that to our little girl. If there was ever a time to break the rules, this is it. It's a it's a thick line to lay on someone. If there was ever a time to break the rules, this is it. Because no matter who you are, even for a fraction of a second, if you're heartless, you still question: Is it? Am I going to get fired for this? Right. <laughs> and then you're like, mm. uh, it's lucky they didn't run into you, Nathan. There's like, uh, I said, am I no get fired? Visitors. No, you can't come in here. <laughs> now, Alter Boy, it sounded like you wanted to say something before Nathan played that clip. Did we cut you off? Mm-hmm. Look, buddy, mm-hmm. everybody that comes in here has, you know, been close to hanging from a rope. It's nothing new. There's the door. We don't accept visitors. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah, you see that kid? His mother was eating his father. Wah, wah, wah. Your sob story is really terrible. Didn't break here. the rules for him. <laughs> Alter boy, please take the floor. Whatever you wanted to say that we interrupted you for, you, you go ahead. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, well, we'll move on. <laughs> let's do that, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to I'm gonna do a jump ahead prediction because I want to get ahead of the curve on this. I'm going to oh, do a prediction. Oh, son of a bitch. Gentlemen, this is um, me jumping ahead a little bit because I want to get a prediction on out onto the floor before anyone else does. 
Um, Kyle is going to try to get the demon out of his sister, and it's going to supplant itself inside the baby. Ooh, demon baby. I have a different prediction. Kyle's going to go over to his sister and find his daughter dead. <coughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yes. That's not the direction I thought you were going. <laughs> can Jesus you get rid of the kids? And the show can be can be great. Oh. Wow. Okay, so that's a dark uh, prediction. Uh, I'm going to throw one in there as well. He's going to try to exercise his sister. And instead, she's gonna miscarry the baby. And, and what then, if the, what if the baby is the actual devil? Yes, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Then, yeah, what if she gets really protected? Ooh, we can take this further now. Sydney comes for her to protect her because she's. Yeah, maybe this is what they've been trying to do the whole time: so, is they start infesting people and then they want to have the babies. They're hoping for the one for that the just got pregnant. Yeah, Chelsea said this is like the minute she saw this happening. She said. Rosemary's baby. That's what she yelled out. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, Rosemary's baby. If you want, to, if you're being literal about it, would imply that at some point Sydney or some other infested person came and had sex with uh, the sister outside yeah, of, outside of her husband's knowledge and got her pregnant. We don't think that uh, Mark can produce anyway. What about the tire salesman? Ooh, like he like he came in and got got one more. Mm-hmm. As he's like. <laughs> Grabbing onto his colostomy bag. Like, it looked like he took some severe lower body damage. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, he was a rapist. <clears throat> he probably took like 35 strong, pissed off cop kicks to the balls. Was she raped by Sydney or someone else? Why is she grabbing hold of glass? Is she grabbing hold of glass and trying to cut herself out in the forest because this guy showing up made her remember what happened. You don't forget that shit. That shit was always there. What if something new happened to her? Yeah. What if Mark raped her? Listen, idiot. And then he got what he deserved. We're going to be a happy family. <laughs> Shut up. And he got what he deserved. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Make your Amber's getting killed. He's getting what he deserves. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm the one in a grumpy mood tonight, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Ow. Listen to this one over here. Hey, I'm in a happy mood about all this. No. These are great developments. I think we can all say that there's there's going to be some sort of plot development with this baby involving more than just her being generically pregnant, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's going to miscarry. It's going to be possessed. Uh, the, the goop is going to come out as the baby. Like her, like aborting the baby will then also exercise. It'll be like a deep social commentary. It could come out like uh, Melisandre's fake baby in Game of Thrones oh, and could, start attacking people. Could be a shadow baby or a goop baby. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sis, I'm not going to be home for a couple hours because uh, I need to do some things, but I want her to stay under my roof tonight as he... Getting it ready. He's getting the house ready. Yeah, he's going back to the house to get all of her stuff to dress up her room in his current home. It's that restraining order. Yeah, it's like real sad. He's just like tacking old crayon drawings onto like a wall where the wallpaper is peeling off. It looks like he's setting up a haunted house. (laughs) Well, he doesn't have to worry about the restraining order, Alter Boy, because if that's under Giles' jurisdiction, 
Yeah, he's never going to jail. Yeah, there might as well be no restraining order. No, no. Oh, no. Giles plays cards with the Reverend. He doesn't do that with with Kyle. Oh, yeah. I have known Kyle Barnes for the better part of 20 years. I don't know you from Adam. I don't think he knows Kyle Barnes either. Maybe she don't want this boyfriend of hers to know where she is. <laughs> I, love, I love Giles. And I, I, love love that he, I love that he's so righteously on this on the minority side <laughs> all right well before we get to the the part we're all waiting for let's have another conversation shall we you guys ready mm, bring it Where have you been? Out. Just answer the question. Then bite me. Aaron! I saw you with Sydney. So what? I need to know everything. No. Aaron! I don't want you going near that man ever again. He is very dangerous. Why? Because the asshole you're boning says so? Don't you dare speak to your mother like that. Yeah, what are you gonna do about it? You know what? I should take a damn belt to that smart mouth of yours. Teach you goddamn manner. Stop! You want to hurt me? You have to leave. He's playing you. Mom! Get out of my house! Please, just go! He's playing you, Patricia. I should take a belt to that smart mouth of yours. And teach you some manners. Wow. <laughs> oh, I fucking love him. I don't ever remember getting a belt to the mouth. To the mouth. That's because he fucking means business. That kid's being a piece of shit, and I am ready for him to get the death he deserves. <laughs> if this is if this was Game of Thrones, we'd all be just satisfied waiting for that. To, we know it's coming, you know? And I'm, I won't be satisfied unless his mother kills him. <laughs> Let's hear what they said outside. My father used to beat the crap out of me. Did the same to my mom. I guess this means he won't be coming around here anymore. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Sydney says that you're too late to stop it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Too late. Stop what? Stop what? Stop what? Exactly, Rev. Exactly. What do you what? The flood from Moses to take authority. Yeah. He's not <laughs> and you know he's not gonna tell you. Like uh, I do love him wrangling that kid though. And every other person he comes across. Uh, well before we get to the good part, but we're also talking about some things that we've uh, skipped over. I also like the the like sinister conversation between the fire chief and his wife in that department store because he was all ready to go. He was like happy to have his wife who had a new baby perspective on life. She's sexually exciting again. He's obviously sexually into her. So he was ready to go out and hit the road and make a life for themselves somewhere on their own. And instead she gets called back by Sydney to take over this operation. And he doesn't want to do it, but she gives him an ultimatum. Like it's this or we are not a, together anymore and then she just jerks him off to convince him 
and he just mm-hmm. takes it. And she's bigger than him, so she like kind of like pulls him up on his tippy toes when she's jerking him off. And he looks so sad and pathetic in that in that long shot that they do of him just in the shadows with his head hunched down against her chest. Like, okay, I'll work for the devil. Good scene. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, thanks for the uh, the backup for 30 minutes to that other scene where the fire chief was hesitant. Yeah, and then got jerked off like a little sad boy. Uh, it doesn't matter, though. It doesn't take us out of the rotation. Now let's get to the good part. Yeah, thanks for the intermission right before we were all about to come. No, you got to edge. You got to edge for a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right, altar boy, bring us home. What happens in the shower with Megan? Uh, we get to a uh, Cinemax scene. We get mm-hmm. to see uh, we get to see some some boobs, and then we get to see a possession. And that that and is a... she stares at herself in the mirror, much like Allison did. Am I wrong? Did yeah. Allison look at herself this similar way? Yeah, and she also like rubs her head on the mirror, which is similar to that boy that opens the very first episode. That's like just bouncing his head on the wall. Yeah, you no, he he crushes a cockroach with his forehead and then mushes it all over his face. What are you talking about? Yeah, that was a good opening scene. But yeah. no, the 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 part where she's walking toward the mirror and they use that psychedelic like tracer effect as she's kind of fully transitioning or the intruder is fully transitioning into her body. That was badass. Actually, everything about the way she behaves in this scene is badass. Yeah. No, she does a good job. I agree. I like this possession like she is in the shower and she all of a sudden is like when the demon takes possession, she's just all of a sudden shocked that she's in the shower and it takes you a second to realize. And and I think probably you don't even really realize until until you understand that she's now possessed, that it has nothing to do with the temperature of the water. Yes, exactly. That she's just been ta- her body's been taken over and the demon or entity that took possession is shocked that it's being hit by water so it immediately leaves the shower to get away from the water and then gets subdued by the reflection and it draws her in with that strange camera lens or coloration film that they're putting on it and then mark walks in and uh what what happens then boys oh he gets a nice uh, little bit of glass in his throat from a head smash yeah she smashes his head hard into that mirror and like that's why they need to be secluded in a little shed or in an old abandoned apartment store is because they're a teeny bit violent when they first land. Oh, what a violent head smash. Like, it's it's startling. Like Yeah. yeah. When, when, when that head smash happened and he fell to the ground, I was like, oh, shit, he's oh, in trouble. Yep. And then when they showed him on the ground and he was the blood is coming out pretty fast, I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to fucking die. This is going down. Yeah, because at first she's just standing there, and you just hear him like, oh, God, please, honey, you need to get some help. You're like, what? I I just assumed he was going to have, like, just a smashed-up face and be like, oh, what? Mm -hmm. But the way he was reacting out of of shot, you were like, oh, no, the damage is bad, and it's real bad. (laughs) She goes to jail. Yeah, and when she pulls it out, it's like slow motion. Oh, it looks so painful. (laughs) She's going to prison for this, yeah? The way that the cop... The cop went to prison for this. She, they could, they could maybe explain it away. Like he was violent towards that guy, so maybe they could. He was violent toward her, and she was protecting herself. Who knows? Oh, but I, I want to point out the part that the, is a continuation of her just pulling off this great possession scene, which is she's like 
just confused, like objectively confused by the whole situation. Like he's on the ground and she's like looking at him like, oh no, is he someone important? Oh shit. And then she gets down and she's like, oh fuck, this blood is so warm. And she's like <laughs> looking at her own hand dripping in blood like, oh shit, that's what it feels like. And like just enamored by everything. And then pulls the glass out really slow like, Ooh, what is this? Glass? Nice. <laughs> Prediction. Kyle will take the blame. Ooh, that's interesting. You think... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he's going to do that. I don't think the demon's coming out of his sister. And you think he's ready to go through all that again? Well, I think she's going to escape somehow. That's who he is. She could run away, yeah, or she could go seek uh, asylum with uh, with Sydney, or maybe she's directed immediately toward the fire chief's wife. Right? She'll be hiding out at the department store next episode, probably. Maybe. Prediction. If Kyle is the match, his daughter is the beacon. Okay, so you you think that the power is even strong? Maybe maybe it's her. No, because all the demons have already been reacting to him this whole time. But yeah, she could be an additional source of light for all these other beings to grope toward. <laughs> Quit trying to say it like <laughs> grope toward. No, all these entities are going to grope towards the whole town next season. Yeah, and uh, cancel yeah. it out by episode three. Don't reiterate your own prediction several times. That's what's going to happen. You're excited about your prediction. <laughs> well, you told me to start predicting stuff, and this is what you get. All right, gentlemen, bow your heads in, in, in prayer. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you have the clip of um, Kyle getting a phone call from his daughter who was staying over at the house with Megan and Mark and their daughter? Okay, before the prayer, we will... Listen in. Or, or play it real low over top of Hello. our prayer. Daddy! Amber, what's wrong? Aunt Megan! He's sick of me! Amber! Amber! Dear Lord. We pray tonight for the safety of Amber. And we pray that the altar boy is wrong and the whole town is not doomed to infection and possession. Dear Lord, we ask for your strength to endure Reverend Anderson fucking up his life hmm. more and more every episode. And we also ask that our predictions will come true. So that we don't look like such gigantic asshats. But mostly, Lord, we pray that this show turns up the volume and goes even deeper into this craziness that we saw tonight. Because it was fucking badass what they did and what just happened. So we hope that the show puts, uh, puts the foot on the pedal and the season finale drives it even deeper. And this isn't the best that season one has to offer and we say in your name amen 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 
out of all the things that we talk about on this show, that has got to be the most sacrilegious part. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) All right, everyone. You can go uh, go ahead and find the extra cast at sadsackstudios.com. That, of course, is the mother site, the umbrella network for which you can branch out and find everything else that we do. Uh, True to talk div. 100 Lunatics, Trailer Park Podcast, and more and more things to come. Uh, drop us a line, uh, sadsexstudios at gmail.com, or visit us, say something on Twitter. You can reach me at 100 Lunatics, you can reach Nathan at T Park Podcast, and you can reach the Alter Boy at the intern TPP.